I am thrilled on the eve of National Cigar Day to be able to talk with Gary Korb, the executive editor for CigarAdvisor.com. Gary, thanks so much for joining me on the radio. I know this is your busy time of year. Yes, thank you, Frank. Great to be on again. Thanks for having me. And this National Cigar Day is actually on Sunday, February 27th. Why would they do it on a Sunday? Why wouldn't they celebrate it on the Monday after the weekend like Lincoln does with his birthday? (laughs) Yeah, well, actually, that is the day that they gave to the holiday. It's always on the 27th. And it's actually uh, in um, it's um, it's actually in honor of um, Oscar Hammerstein's uh, grandfather. Uh, he invented the cigar rolling machine. It was patented on February 27, 1883. Oh, really? Uh, so yeah. how long uh, does this tradition of National Cigar Day go back, as far as you're aware? Well, I, I, don't, I think it may go back not too far. It, it could be 2014. It might be before that, but I really couldn't find anything on that. I see. I see. All right. What are you going to be doing for National Cigar Day? Well, I am going to probably uh, just kind of hang out uh, with some people over at uh, our uh, our um, lounge called Leaf in uh, eastern Pennsylvania. Mm. And uh, we have like kind of a regular – I'm starting to get familiar with a couple of regular guys over there who I've gotten to know. And, you know, everybody – it's so interesting because you meet the most fascinating people sometimes. You know, you never know like what people are doing or what they're up to. And, then you know, everyone's sitting around having a cigar and they're relaxed and – and you just kind of learn about, you know, what what, uh, what people do for a living or what they're interested in. And the other day we were talking about. Yeah, music. it's very social. That's the that's the aspect yeah. about cigar smoking that I find I enjoy the most as well. The social aspect of it. Mm-hmm. No, but well, I didn't mean to interrupt you. What, what were you going to say? No, that, that's that's all. I'm, I'm, you know, I was just going to say that that's you, you're on you're on point. Yeah, it's it's very good that way. All right, that's now I like about it. Uh, there's a number of things that I want to ask you about. But a, a caller called a few minutes ago, Joe and Ron Konkama, and he's a great yes, guy. I heard, yes, and yes. Uh, he was looking for a mild cigar uh, that he could enjoy this weekend, maybe with some Jack Daniels. Where would you steer a guy like that? Okay, well, actually, I could turn him on to something kind of new if he hasn't had it before. Uh, there's a brand called Charter Oak, Connecticut, and it's made by a fi- fellow named Nick Malillo down in Nicaragua, and it's it's gotten some great accolades in terms of reviews and, and the scoring points. So it has a really, really good Connecticut wrapper and a uh, kind of a milder uh, or mellower uh, Nicaraguan filler to it. And Nick is from Connecticut, which is why he's very concerned about making sure his Connecticut is excellent. So that might be a good one for him, Charter Oak. Also, I guess the Macanudo uh, would be a good one, or Perdomo, 10th anniversary, not 10th anniversary, uh, Champagne. Mm. But I don't want to get crazy with, you know, because then you have too many choices. So I'd say the Charter Oak, Connecticut is pretty good choice. Now, remind us, Gary, and we've talked to you before, and you always have a, a ton of expertise on the on the issue of cigars. But remind us, what is CigarAdvisor.com? CigarAdvisor.com is a online magazine which is dedicated to basically educating and informing uh, new cigar smokers. Well, cigar smokers everywhere at all levels, all skills. We do a lot of videos. In fact, if you were to go to the homepage right now, there is an article uh, still on the 10 best cigars of 2021 that we picked. Mm. Uh, there's a review of the Ferio Tego Hanaroso. 
that one of my co-writers, Jared Ulick, wrote. There's a, our fan mail, our monthly fan mail, where we answer questions about cigars and cigar smoking. I did one uh, this month on um, choosing the right cigar cutter, things like that. And uh, it was just, just tons and tons of information on cigar smoking, how they're made, where they're made, who makes them. You name it, we got it up there. Neat. No, that's uh, that's pretty that's pretty pretty neat there. Now you alluded uh-huh. to um, the a cigar rolling machine. Right. How does a cigar mm-hmm. rolling machine work exactly? Well, it's very fascinating. Uh, when I was in the Dominican Republic, I actually got to witness one of these things. Um, it it takes what it is is now what's ironic about National Cigar Day. You're honoring uh, Oscar Hammerstein. Uh, who made this machine, but machine-made cigars are completely different from premium hand-rolled you know, cigars. But what it does is I walked into this room, and there's this huge machine. I mean, and, and it's, it's, there's a ton of shredded tobacco that's poured into the top of this machine, okay? And the tobacco kind of falls down. It's kind of like a Rube Goldberg kind of a crazy thing. And it comes down the path, and there's a wrapper leaf that's already been cut by the machine, and it's held flat by air, air suction. It's still this is this was uh, Hammerstein's uh, basic idea, and they're still basically using it today. So the uh, the air allows the wrapper to lay flat. So as the tobacco comes in, it can go into the roller part, and it just rolls it right up. And it's, it's I mean, you could stand there and stare at this thing for for hours almost, you know, just watching this thing chop up cigars. And it gets to the end, and it chops the cigar. Uh, and the only thing is that the main thing is those cigars are, are mainly, uh, you know, uh, what we call value cigars or, or everyday stogies. And they they burn a little faster. They're a short filler. It's a completely different animal. But Hammerstein did not just create that machine. He went on and made dozens of other inventions. And a lot of them were for the cigar industry. And now and, this Oscar Hammerstein yeah. that, that invented the mm-hmm. cigar rolling machine, yes. this was the father of the lyricist? He's the grandfather of the great American lyricist Oscar Hammerstein II, who wrote for Showboat. Oh, see, that's what threw me. That's what threw me. So yeah, Oscar yeah, Hammerstein the second is the grandson, mm-hmm. not the son, of Oscar Correct. Hammerstein, the cigar machine the, um, inventor. Right. He was he was a German who very young age was a teenager, came was in Berlin, came to America before, you know, during the Civil War. We're going back here. Right. So he worked in New York City. There were these there were lots of actually there were lots of cigar uh, factories in New York City at the time. He got into the field. The guy was kind of I guess he was sort of born a genius. You know, he was one of those guys who just you know, had a knack. And, uh, he, you know, within the first few months, he devised this first a first of nearly like a hundred of these machines that would transform cigar making. Wow. Uh, he died in 1919. But here's the thing. He also distinguished himself as a great theatrical manager. So he w- he was into opera and he managed all these theaters and he, he was really more of a showbiz guy than a cigar guy. It was a, a really weird life. So he would, he would manage these theaters and then he would still go back to his little office on West 42nd Street, you know, and, and invent little things and stuff. You know, he's just a really interesting guy. That is, but, uh, yeah, uh, that certainly is interesting. Although yeah, I must say so, I disapprove of um, his grandson being able to use Oscar Hammerstein II. I think if you're not a direct descendant, then you have to start right. over again. 
Yeah, well, I don't know. Yeah, that, that's interesting. Well, the, the, the machine, even though it was patented in 1883, it didn't come out until – he didn't really invent it fully until 1913. So I just want to get that clear. Oh, no, I, I appreciate but, you uh, yeah. clearing that but, up. Yeah, now, kind of, I, you get the connection though, right? I do. I do. Um, yeah, okay. What is what is the difference – so it sounds like if there's a choice of all things being equal, a hand-rolled cigar mm-hmm. – Versus a machine rolled cigar, it sounds like you should always choose that that machine rolled cigars. I mean the well, uh, hand rolled cigars. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, if you're talking about getting, I mean, those cigars are very consistent. They have a very good draw. You know, I mean, they're neat. Uh, but you know, a hand rolled premium cigar made in, in you know Dominican, Honduras, Nicaragua, whatever Cuba even, uh, those are those those tobaccos are you know stripped by by hand. Uh, in terms of when they make the cigar, so they're, they're, they tear the leaves to certain lengths, depending on, depending on the blend, and it's rolled up. And you know, you're talking about something. And you know, Frank, as you do smoke cigars, you're getting a, a better aroma. You're getting more flavor. It's more complex. You know, you'll never get that from a, a machine-made cigar. They're just they're just made of chips of, of tobacco, basically, with a homogenized wrapper, uh, which is you know, it's almost like a sheet roll. You know, ever see like a sheet of, of printing paper? Sure, sure. You know, when you go to a printing press, it's kind of like that. It's just this giant roll of, of printed printed tobacco. <laughs> it's a printed wrapper. Now, it's wild. Uh, you alluded to the fact that uh, you rank the top cigars of 2021 on CigarAdvisors.com. If people want right. to commemorate National Cigar Day on Sunday uh, by lighting uh-huh. something up, you gave the mild recommendation, that right. Connecticut wrapper, to Joe in Ronkonkoma. What if somebody uh-huh. likes a more full-bodied uh, smoke? What recommendation might you give to that person on National Cigar okay. Day? Excellent, excellent. I got a couple of them. I, in fact, I have I have a note here. It says five for Frank. I got five of them. Wonderful. For you. Let's see them. Okay, five cigars. So uh, let's start with the one you asked for. So I'd say that for the National Cigar Day, if you want to smoke like something classic, I came up with some classics here. The Liga Pravada Number no. Nine Toro uh, has a phenomenal, oily, delicious-looking Connecticut broadleaf uh, Scuro wrapper. It's it's um, like a six by fifty two, I think. It's it's got flavors of oak. It's toasty. It's got some coffee, cinnamon. That's full body, full flavored. Also, the Padron. This is one of my favorites too. Padron nineteen sixty four anniversary imperial. It's also a Toro size cigar, around six by fifty. Uh, you get coffees of uh, coffees. You get flavors of coffee, cocoa, hazelnut. These baking spices. Very very wonderful, marvelous cigar. By the way, and how, Maduro, how do better. how do those cigars get those hints of those other flavors that you alluded to of uh, of uh, coffee or or chocolate or any of the other flavors yeah. that people frequently report enjoying when they have a cigar? Where do those flavors, those scents come from? Well, they come from the tobaccos themselves, and it comes from the way the tobaccos are aged. And the longer the cigars, uh, longer the longer the tobaccos rather are aged. Uh, the the more you know the more the flavors settle there's there's less the nicotine sort of goes out of it the, the bitterness all of that stuff that's more, really more part of the fermentation process but mm. the the blenders kind of they they know the tobacco they know what they know what they're going to get from all these tobaccos and they know and like a chef they they just blend it in a certain way they're they're looking for like a sweeter cigar maybe a, a spicier cigar mm. um you know but but really i think it's more subjective than anything i mean you know what do you taste? I'm giving you like basically generic uh, ideas of these cigars. I mean, you may not taste like in the Fuente Don Carlos Robusto. That's another one I recommend. That's kind of a medium body, medium to full. 
you know, there's, it's very, it's kind of cedary. It's kind of sweet. There's a little coffee thing in there. It's kind of nutty. And, uh, you know, it's basically the, uh, your palate, like your palate picks up. So some guys, you know, any of that. And if you watch our reviews on cigaradvisor.com, every month we do a panel review and uh, we, we pick a cigar and we, and we, and sometimes we just don't agree. We just say, you know, it's not an argument, but we just say, well, I didn't get that. You know, well, I got it. Well, I got it later on. Okay. You know, so it's really interesting. And then there's another one that I like. It's a CLE Corojo 1118. It's made by CLE Cigars. It's Christian Iroa's company. I just interviewed him actually for an article. And his father actually was one of the first people, like one of the pioneers who brought Cuban seed tobacco, uh, Cuban seeds into Honduras and grew it in Honduras and made it phenomenal, this, this Corojo tobacco. So this is a wonderful cigar. And I picked the 1118 because that is a really interesting shape. Uh, it's, it starts at six inches long. It starts at like a 48 ring and then it widens to like a 54 and then it skinnies out again to a 48. It's got a very unique <laughs> shape. And it's kind of earthy. It's slightly spicy. There's a little molasses. It's nutty. It's medium body. That's a nice cigar, too. He would probably like that cigar that the gentleman that called earlier. And then the fifth one is the Davidoff Anniversario number three. This is a classic. This is another one that would be great for him. Now, I thought uh, you were two. not a big Davidoff person. No, I, I love their cigars. Uh, yeah. Did, I, did no. you tell me they were a little overpriced? Maybe maybe that was well, it. Well, they are pricey. That's true. I mean, you know, but uh, they they you know what? To tell you the truth, some of the Davidoffs, uh, when you smoke them, uh, they're they're so consistent and mm. so well done that you almost can say, well, you know, it's it was it was worth it. You know, they they kind of make you make up for the how do they do they hit a home run with so many of their cigars? Well, because when Zeno Davidoff started the company way back uh, in Europe and the Cubans were making them, he was very, very particular, very particular. And I believe, I don't know what year it was now, maybe 68 or something. He, or, he, he actually, the Cubans uh, came up with, uh, you know, a batch of cigars for him and they didn't taste right. And he had them all taken out and burned. Mm. He just literally burned the entire batch, set it on fire. And uh, then he, he said, that's it. I'm not I'm not working with uh, Cubans anymore. And then they moved the operation to the Dominican Republic. Wow. Uh, so he was, you know, so his standards and, of course, the, the, the gentleman that makes him, Heinrich, Henrik Kellner, um, David off, you know, he's got very high standards, too. So they're very creamy. They're cedary. They're kind of nutty. They have this honeyed sweetness to them. That's another nice cigar. Uh, so those are the, the five that I thought would be great if you want to smoke a real classic. Cool. No, that that sounds great. Jim in New Hampshire has a question for you, Gary. Jim, you're on with Gary Korb from CigarAdvisor.com. Hit me, Jim. Go ahead. Gary, I smoke cigars very occasionally, so I'm not very hip. Um, That's cool. But most of the the cigars I smoke have the hole at the end. You don't need to clip them. My friends friends insist that you need to clip them. But I find that when you clip the tip... The little leaves getting your mouth and everything. Is it really uh, worth clipping? No, you've got what and I was just telling Frank about this. You've got a short filler cigar there. That that was that a machine made cigar? Yeah, of course yeah, just what you buy at the grocery store. Right. Okay. Well that's what they do is some of the brands are pre uh you know, they're pre cut or pre pierced. And because these the tobacco is in bits it's, uh, you know, if you get a very good draw. So what's happening is what you're doing is you're actually 
making it uncomfortable for yourself because you cut it off, and now all those little bits of tobacco are coming out. Right. I mean, if a cigar like that has a hole in it, Gary, he doesn't need to cut it further, right? No, no, you don't need to cut it. Yeah, no, I mean, uh, uh, Jim, I think your friends are, um, you know, you are talking mostly about cigars that uh, are on that yeah. don't have a hole, which you might want to try. You. I know you don't cigar, uh, smoke, you're not a big cigar smoker, but try mm-hmm. one of the ones that Gary's recommending. I think it'll I think it'll improve your your cigar experience very quickly, Gary. Before we run out of yeah. time, I've been reading. Sure. All week about mm-hmm. um, Francis Ford Coppola because I'm just intrigued at how he's been able to turn making movies into a wine and uh, resort oh. and cigar empire. Now he apparently produces these cigars uh, he uh, that he named evidently for his father, and mm-hmm. uh, you know the the they're called the Carmine, and he also has a Carmine <laughs> Thrifty cigar. Now I don't think I've ever tried. One of these Coppola cigars. Do you know anything about these Coppola-produced cigars? Apparently there's the Carmine Premium Cigars and then the Carmine Thrifty. I got to be honest with you, Frank. um, I don't really know too much about it, but there was an article, I think, in – oh, way back um, about, you know, there was an interview with Coppola – um, back in October of '03, I thought you know where they talked about uh, you know his movies and stuff. But I really, I really don't have too much information. All right, well, we're going to give you that I as a homework line. assignment for you. That's okay. That, that's but. okay. That's what I get for throwing stuff at you last minute. We'll give you that as a homework assignment um, next time. Now, a couple of other people have emailed questions in for you. Daniel writes: right. I was recently yeah. given a cigar named uh-huh. Guardian of the Farm, made by Ooh. a Nicu- Nicaraguan maker. I thought yeah. it was fantastic with nutty accents. It is not a very expensive cigar. My yeah. question are my questions are, does price dictate quality of a cigar, and could you recommend any other Nicaraguan cigars? That's from Dan. Absolutely. Um, well, in a way it does, uh, because... Well, first of all, the prices of cigars are going up just like everything else, which is kind of disappointing. But, yes, the the higher the quality of the tobacco and the more work that goes into creating that cigar, in other words, the fermentation, the aging, all that stuff, uh, the more expensive it's going to be because they everything is done basically by the pound. You know, things are weighed. Uh, you know, they, they know exactly how much tobacco they need to use for particular cigars, particular blend, what, you know, what, what tobaccos, you know, ter- in terms of what age. Uh, so that's what, that's what does dictate the price a lot. You know, the quality of the wrapper, the wrapper is the most expensive leaf on that cigar because wrapper leaf does not, um, you don't get as much wrapper leaf in a yield of a harvest of tobacco as you do, say, the fillers and the binders and stuff like that. So that's what makes it, you know, a little more expensive. All right, last question cigar. here. That's a very from... good cigar, by the way, Gardening of the Farm. Excellent. It's by Warped. Last question here from Fred. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. Can you please ask your guest why La Flor Dominica Double Leggero cigars are so hard to get? It's been going on about two years now. I'm a huge uh-huh. fan of them, especially the 700s and Digger cigars. you know anything about this? Okay, La Flor Dominicana. Yes, this, they're made by Lito Gomez in the Dominican Republic. The guy who makes some great cigars. That cigar is, I guess, is some kind of a cult cigar. You know, um, they uh, 
Um, I'm sorry, Frank. I, I lost my train of thought. What was your question? Uh, it's the why they're, they're so why hard. Are they, why are they always running out of them? Yeah, why are they so hard to get for the last two well, years? Well, they're probably, like I said, well, he, well, he makes cigars in very limited um, uh, limited lots, you know. So it just could be that that particular cigar is very, very popular. I know the chisel, the double hero chisel, sometimes is hard to get. And, he, may, you know, he may be having some... Uh, production issues lately, you know, with COVID and stuff, some of the factories have been affected by it. I don't know. I don't really, um, you know, know too much about La Flor Dominicana other than I know they make a really great cigar. Right, and, so maybe uh, it's a supply but, chain issue or something else. It could be that, or just it's a cultish cigar and, you know, yeah, he only makes so many and then they come in. We have cigars that come into the store that we're associated with and um, they're gone in a couple of days. <laughs> you know, I, I can imagine. Gary, uh, we got to run. I uh, I okay. appreciate you taking the time. I understand you sure. ran into my Uncle Joe at a cigar shop in Pennsylvania yes. recently. That's always an experience. Next time nice, you see him, man. please tell him I said hello. I will, and I hope I get to see him again. He was really great. Yeah, no, I'm sure he's, nice he's uh, I know he's a fan of yours. Thank you very much. Yeah. Gary Korb, check him out at CigarAdvisor.com. It is National Cigar Day.